Hey, welcome back for another week. So glad you decided to join us this week. Uh, I am so thankful for Andrew sharing last week. And if you didn't get a chance to watch, go back to last week and watch uh, my man Andrew bring the heat because it was incredible. And his word about prayer and the call to the church to stretch in 2021 is so important for us to understand. And as we step in or continue into our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're almost halfway there, halfway done. Um, so I encourage you, if, if you're wanting to uh, step in, you can. Uh, we have all of those resources on our website. You can easily find those under the tab 21 days uh, there on our website, uh, midtownknox.org. Find it there. Join us in this season. You can download those and restart if you want. Whenever you want to do that, it's there for you to step in. Uh, it's been a blessing during this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, it's blessed my life, and I pray that it's blessed yours. I want to give a big shout-out to TC for how much effort he put into writing that material. I want to give a big shout-out to you, my man. Incredible work. So thankful for you and your leadership at our church. I can't wait to continue uh, 2021 uh, this year and see all that God continues to do because the work that's happening at the church at Ridgebrook through Andrew Osakwe is, is incredible so far, and I can't wait to continue to support him. So I want to say thank you to you and your support in this season because we're watching the kingdom advance on the east side of Knoxville, in the middle of Knoxville. And uh, don't forget, also happening in the west side of Knoxville, TriStar Church, uh, we've supplied them uh, with our kids' equipment to basically help run their entire church during this COVID season as they start. So west, deep west Knoxville, we're starting a church or helping a church start uh, with TriStar. And then East Knoxville, the church at Ridgebrook through Andrew. And so those two pastors, Andrew Osakwe and uh, Matt Grimes, I got deep respect, deep love for those guys. And I can't wait uh, to continue to see God move uh, through our churches and through his kingdom. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you so much uh, for giving generously because it's allowing a lot to happen uh, through our little church in, in West Knoxville. So thankful for y'all. And I can't wait to open up the word with you. Hey, before we start, would you care to pray with me and ask God to speak to you right where you are? Hey, Father, just thank you uh, so much for our time. Thank you for everybody who's joining. I just pray a blessing over their lives today as they hear and they listen. Uh, God, would you uh, orchestrate every word that's said, and God, would it uh, uplift and build us up in this day? Thank you so much for bringing us together. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the first week uh, we talked about having a foundation, and that foundation uh, being uh, not the work of men, uh, like Colossians talked about. Don't get captivated by, by the ideas of men, but be captivated by the person of Jesus Christ. And I brought to you the first message. I brought to you a little pot uh, with a little plant. And as you can see, the plant, as it's been replanted, is beginning to flourish and grow. This is what we want to be as a church. We want to be a kingdom movement that grows together by loving God and loving the world. That happens as we put our life in and encapsulate it in the person of Jesus Christ. We have space to actually grow. So in 2021, we want to know Jesus better. That's what we want to go after uh, in 2021 is just to know him and then it root our life, lives deeper into his teaching, his way, his good news, and his work that's what we want to do as a church. So would you join me on the journey? We're going to continue talking about uh, purpose today. 
Because purpose is discovered uh, through the person of Jesus. Have you ever wondered what purpose is, what your purpose is? I know, man, I have wondered that many a time in my life. God, what is the purpose for my life? Jeremiah 29, 11, you probably know that passage. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Have you ever had moments in your life where you're like, this is your idea of hope and future? Um, what, was, what was he talking about? What was Jeremiah the prophet talking about? The plans of God or the purposes of God are to prosper, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. What was he talking about? Let's find that out today. What is God's purpose for you in 2021? Our prayer is that it encourage, this encourages those of us who've been born again, and it encourages those of us maybe who are standing on the outside, looking in and wondering, what is it about this Jesus? I'm really interested. So if that's you, I just welcome you here today. Thankful for you joining and we're always here to answer any questions you have. Let's get started. John chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher. Come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Check this out. So you got a man, and that word is very important. You may want to underline that in your, in your scripture. Write it down, and we're going to explain what, that, what the writer John was talking about. But Jesus is talking, uh, or, or the writer of John is talking about a man named Nicodemus who comes at night, sure, knowing that this Jesus is from God but he is very concerned that the other people might see this ruler coming to a ruler. So you see the picture of this story and the position that Nicodemus is in and a challenging place that he's in. But right above that passage, I've never seen this before in all my life. That's why I told you to underline the word man because in chapter 2, it says this, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about man for he knew what was in each person's heart. The writer John wants us to understand that this picture of Nicodemus, this person or this man is, is truly the display of the heart of man and let's figure what that heart looks like. Let's look at the story of Nicodemus and figure that out. But how does Jesus handle the, the person or the heart of a man, the natural born man? This is all going to make a little bit more sense here in a second. And I want to encourage us in this season because maybe, just maybe in this season, you're looking, at, you're looking on your TV and we've been discouraged, some of us, for a year now about pandemic, and now some of us are step, stepping into even more discouraging times. And, and some of these executive orders that have been signed that, that to, 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 to many cause fear and anxiety and stress uh, because it really pushes against some of the fabric of, of what we know that the Scripture talks against. So what do we do? 
And I, this story of Nicodemus and Jesus is so important because Jesus isn't um, heightened. He doesn't fall into the emotional response to Nicodemus because he hasn't entrusted his heart to Nicodemus. What that word literally means is he knows what is actually in the heart of the natural man. What is in the heart of the natural man? We're going to discover some of that in here in a second as well. But I want to encourage the church today, you. Would you not entrust your heart to natural men? Would you not entrust them with the impossible task of, of not breaking your heart and doing things that are outside the character of God? Would you not entrust yourself to them? Would you not expect them to do uh, what supernatural men were meant to do? Would you not expect that? Because Jesus never expected that of men. Thus, he kept his head about him because he understood what natural men do and how they think. Let's discover some of what that is today. What was Jesus' response to this man, Nicodemus? What did he say? In verse 3, he says this. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you've got this picture. This guy's coming at night, and he's inquiring of Jesus more about what he's talking about. And then Jesus looks at him and says, Look, here's my response to you. You can't be born again unless, unless one is born again. You cannot truly see. You can't see a thing, Nicodemus, unless you're born again. And then he goes on to proceed and says, how can I possibly be born again and, and be birthed from my mother a second time? And Jesus says, look, you don't understand what I'm talking about? And you're a teacher? This goes back to the very fabric, the basic teachings of this word. Do you want to know true purpose? True purpose is only found when we are born of the Spirit. What does that mean? Verse 5 and 6 of chapter 3, Jesus answered after Nicodemus says, how is this possible? Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So what Jesus is talking about is, look, there's two kingdoms at work. There's two kingdoms at play. One is a fleshly kingdom and one is a spiritual kingdom. But what does it mean to be born of water and spirit? It can seem maybe a little bit confusing, but it's actually not that hard to understand. You see, what Jesus was talking about was being baptized by water was what John the Baptist was preaching. John the Baptist was preaching a very particular message, and he was calling all the people of that day to turn from themselves. You see, what the Pharisees and the Sadducees had begun to teach was, hey, listen, you need to do your ceremonial cleanings. You need to obey the rules. You need to eat certain foods at certain times, observe the festivals, do this, do that, and then you would be clean. What John the Baptist said is, look, these ceremonial washings, they won't clean you. You need to turn from trust in yourself, and you need to die and trust in the one who is coming after me. 
John the Baptist would later then identify the one who came after, the Messiah, being the person of Jesus. John the Baptist said he knew who uh, the Messiah was because he heard from God that when he baptized somebody, the dove of heaven, the Holy Spirit, was going to come out and come upon somebody. And who he saw that happen to, that would be the Messiah. John the Baptist saw Jesus as he baptized. He came out of the water. A voice from heaven spoke, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. This is how John the Baptist knew this is the Messiah. So Jesus said, first, you've got to be born of water. That means turn from your idea that you could save yourself. I want you to know the natural man and woman naturally want to save themselves. You naturally want to do what makes you feel good about you. That's what I've discovered in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I instantly feel better within myself because of my effort. I start low-key thinking like, look, God's probably more happy with me during this 21 days season because of what I'm doing for Him. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm being very strict on myself and I'm very regimented. But God is drawing my heart back away and realizing that my natural heartbeat is just like Nicodemus. I so want to be in charge of my own, my own washing, my own cleaning. I don't want to trust somebody else or something else to clean me. I don't want to put my faith in something other than me. Jesus was saying you must turn from your own way of thinking that you can fix your life and turn to me who can fix. Now, once you've turned, expect something to be given. That is, look for the Messiah. The Spirit is given through the Messiah. When you call upon the Messiah, that is the person, the name of Jesus. When you call out to the name of Jesus, that is when the Spirit is given to you that you might become the holy, indwelled temple of the living God. God wants to indwell your life. He wants to bring communion back to your life. But where did all this go wrong? Well, let's look to the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, what was the purpose of God actually creating this whole place? It says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here's what happened. There's a purpose in the beginning. God designed man and woman to be in charge, to rule, to have a very specific design and purpose. Have you ever used something against its purpose, though? Have you ever tried... Uh, uh, I don't know, when you're a kid, you, you get your roller skates and you decide to use them as uh, some kind of traveling device down a hill. That ain't a good idea. It's a bad idea and lends itself to creating chaos in your life. So when you go against your design, meaning I wasn't meant to roll down a hill on wheels going 30 miles an hour with barely any brakes except one in the front, you're not meant to do that. But when you do that, it creates chaos. So in the very beginning, God had a design for man and woman to be in charge, to rule with his blessing, to step into his call on their life and to walk in the way that he had them walk, which was right with him. 
But God gave them a choice and said, hey, look, this whole thing is yours. There's one thing I don't want you to do. Don't eat from this tree. You probably know the story. Adam and Eve were deceived and believed a lie that God wasn't so good and he was in fact holding back on them. So they decided not to follow God's purpose and decided to create their own purpose. In creating their own purpose, they ate from a different tree that God said not to eat from. The result of this decision was death. Death entered. And what the Bible teaches is that when death entered through Adam, it actually carried through every single one of his offspring. Death happened for everyone. Spiritual death happened for everyone. But that's not the end of the story. But what I want you to see from that story is, from the very beginning, the heart of men and women is to create their own purpose, to not actually trust God's purpose, to not put their lives in His hands, but to take their own life in their own hands and live for themselves. This is the heart of the natural man. So do you look at the news and you wonder, how could they possibly do this? How could they possibly say that? How could this possibly happen in my business? How could my kids act like this? How could this happen? To, why am I thinking these weird thoughts? It's not so weird because the heart of man is all about self. It was from the very beginning. We wanted to take purpose and we still want to take purpose in our own hands and do our own thing. That's why Colossians warns the church against taking purpose into your own hands and not making it all about Jesus. If you do that, you will not grow. <laughs> it's all through the scripture. But from the very beginning, the heart of man was revealed that that is not what we want. We don't want God's purpose. We want our own purpose. That's exactly what Nicodemus wanted. He didn't want God's purpose. He wanted to maintain his rulership the way he liked it. He liked the way people saw him in the town square. He liked the way everybody said, oh, hey, there's Nicodemus. He does it great. He's a real, very important guy. He's doing a lot. Really wonderful. God loves that guy. He's doing it better than anybody I know. They, he loved it. He loved the applause of men. I don't know about you, but I love the applause of men. My natural heart loves it. Luke 7.30 describes the heart of the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day and says that the Pharisees and the lawyers or the Sadducees rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized. Jesus told them, Turn from yourself and be washed by faith and expect God to wash you, clean you up. You can't clean yourself. Let God clean you up today. Do you feel broken and dirty? Would you let God clean you up today? Would you turn to him and, and recognize that he's made a way for you to be cleaned up? You don't have to clean yourself. You don't have to work it off. Be cleaned by Jesus. Come to Jesus and be clean today. And you will experience a, a different kind of purpose. I read a story about uh, a guy, his name's Christopher Parkening. And Christopher Parkening is a world-renowned classical guitarist, and he actually became a world-renowned trout fisherman. So he became the best in both worlds, very different kind of guy. But at the age of 30, uh, he said some things profound. And you can read this about his, autobiograph uh, his biography. Excuse me. Uh, you can read this about what he said about his life when he got to the age of 30, and he realized, he said, what am I doing? Like, what is this? 
Here's what he said. Check this out. He said, if you arrive at a point in your life where you have everything that you've ever wanted and thought that would make you happy and it still doesn't, then you start questioning things. It's the pot, at, it's the, it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I had that and I thought, well, what's left? Some of you are still chasing after that thing or that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're, you're striving to get there. And some of us have got to the first one only to think that maybe it's in the second one. Some of us have got to the second one and found ourselves saying, it ain't in the second one. I don't know where else to go. That's exactly where Christopher got to. But if you're there and you're wondering what is the purpose that God has for me, what am I missing? Nicodemus missed it. But God wanted him to get it. Jesus spoke the truth to Nicodemus. And I pray today that he opens our eyes to see the beauty of his purpose in our life. That in the face of our brokenness, in the face of our self-centeredness, he has loved us so much. The words that he then shares with Nicodemus are profound as he explains what it means to be baptized by the Spirit. John 3, 16 and 17, you might have understood and known this, but John 3, 16 and 17 are, one, are scriptures that we learn as children. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe, that means to rest or to trust in him, would not die, but have everlasting life forever. Because God did not send his own son into the world to bring condemnation on the world. But he sent his son that the world through him would be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the curse of death that happened in the beginning. Who did that? Adam and Eve did. We did. So we've followed in our father's footsteps. We've made life about ourselves. And yet God chose to come as a man and not make his life about himself. He made it about you. He lived the perfect life and died for you because he loved you. And he made a way for you to be safe and saved. But you have the choice to choose his purpose or remain a part of your purpose. Everyone is faced with the decision to believe, to receive. That's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. All through the chapter 3 of John, he's encouraging us to receive from him. And if you are looking for salvation today, I pray that you hear me because it's so challenging to hear in a season where there is so much noise promising you that you can be saved today if you just vote this way, if you just do this thing, if you just say this thing, if you go by this pronoun, if you vote for this policy, whatever it is, you can be saved if you do this. And I'm telling you, if you choose your own purpose, you will never discover true purpose. You must be born again. Jesus isn't an addition to your life. It is a rebirthing of your life. It is a new life. And so if Jesus hasn't become your brand new life, this is what it looks like to trade in your life and to grab hold of his. And if you have not done that, then you are not born again of the Spirit. You are just a person of the flesh. 
And in order to be spirit, you must be born of spirit. The only way to be born of spirit is to call out to the person of Jesus, out with your mouth, and confess Jesus. Call that name and tell him that you want to receive from him what he offers to anyone who would receive it. And that is to be saved, to receive purpose. You have to trade in your purpose to receive purpose, though. And if, if it's not about Jesus, then it is not truly an eternal purpose that will take you anywhere. I want to tell you differently. I really want to because the pervasive teaching of today is that you can have it your way. You can choose your own destiny. Become the better version of yourself. Get better energy. Get around people that are encouraging. And I just want to tell you the truth. You've got to forsake your life so you can find life. There's no other way to teach it. Come to Jesus and lose your life and you will truly find life. That's all I can say. And from personal experience, y'all, I've like, I've lived a life. I lived that life, searching for purpose in every single direction and never able to find it. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I went on a journey, my personal journey, of just looking for the person of Jesus and eventually calling out to him. And upon doing so, it's what rocked my world. I've never been, been the same since. The story of Christopher continues and is quite fascinating. He was eventually invited to church, which is, you know, it sounds cliche, but he's invited to church in a hopeless season of his life, and he hears this message that Jesus wants to give purpose. He calls out to Jesus, and he said it was a profound part of the Scripture that rocked his world when he said, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God when he realized that his life was not meant to be lived for himself, but he could let go of his miserable life and begin living not for himself, but for the glory of God, he realized there is purpose for me being able to play the guitar. I play for the king. There's a reason why I fish, and it's not about me. It's about doing it for him. Do it so that he gets seen. And then you know what happened? Joy and love and peace filled everything he began to do, and it transformed his life. This is where purpose is found for me and you. Would you trade in your life today? And if you've traded in your life, would you receive this? And maybe you've been walking for a long time. Would you help somebody else discover the truth of Jesus? Not behavior modification, not switching the way somebody behaves. That's not what Jesus preached to the man. Remember, the man, the natural man. He invited the natural man to be born again. This is what we go and invite others to. The love of God, John 3, 16 and 17. Talk to the natural man and give him the message of Jesus and watch what begins to happen. Supernatural things take place. So now, once we're born again, once we receive the message of Jesus, once we're baptized and leave our old life, what begins to happen? Then we see in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter three, we see the purpose of God coming to fruition through his church. And in chapter three, this is where you and I are put on display. It says that God, in his manifold wisdom, is putting on display for the rulers in unseen places his wisdom through the church. Listen, as you live every moment, not for your glory, but for God's, there is onlooking spiritual forces that are in awe over what God is doing. This is the purpose.
for the church. And if you think in this season of 2021 that it is just darkness, I want to tell you it's a lie. It's not just darkness. Because a light has shone through the person of Jesus and he's invited me and you to shine in a day where there is no light. And as we shine, the promise of the scripture is clear that no gate of hell can withstand the advance of God's kingdom. There is a great authority that was restored when Jesus did his work. And he has invited you and me back into right relationship with him, but not to walk next to him, but to be possessed by him, to be his physical body. Would you step into your call and purpose by being born again? And then would you come and walk with the church, the body of Christ? And would you follow in his footsteps? Would you reach with his hand with us? Would you speak with his mouth with us? And would you join this movement in 2021? Because let me tell you, it's not over and God's still at work. Let's go 2021. Come discover purpose with us. If you don't know purpose, you can discover more of what that looks like. Let's do it together. Would you, would you connect with us at midtownknox.org? Fill out that form where it says connect. Connect with us. We'd love to connect with you. If you need a life group or if you need a friend, just to connect with you, just to talk, fill out that form and we'd love to connect. Thank you so much for joining us today. And it's been an honor to open up the word just to realize that the heart of men is desperately longing for an awakening. That awakening comes through the person of Jesus and purpose is found when you are born again. Let's be that born again family today in 2021. And we will see this world turn upside down. You are sent and loved. Oh, man of God. Oh, woman of God. Let's go. See you next week.